Good afternoon. I would like to share with you today for just a little bit on the glory of God and how we can show forth the glory and bring glory to God in all that we do. I'm a bond servant of the living God. Love and adore him and long to please him and bring him glory in every way that I can. We should glory God, glorify God in, by believing in him. What I would like to propose today is, if the chief end of man is to glorify God, then this is only truly possible when we are most satisfied in him. Straight away, we see something significant here. When we think of praise of glory that is given to someone, sometimes it could be at a graduation and other times we could think of it as a, a chore that they have accomplished. Many things can bring glory and honor and obtain favor. When we think of giving glory to God, we can often and very easily fall into the trap of thinking of it as a demand and that it's just how it's to be done. From the Christian and biblical viewpoint, this is very, very opposite of the intent. We fail to understand that everything God requires of us is un. is utterly for his good. God is for us and not against us. In order to fully fulfill the reason of our creation, then what the Bible says is that it is only when we glorify God, fulfilling our very purpose, it is then and only then that our souls are truly satisfied, feel completely complete and fulfilled Anything outside of this will keep you wanting and unfulfilled, no matter what and how you try to fill that hole. By glorifying God, we are pursuing our joy in Him. First and foremost, in order for us to come to a place of pursuing our joy in Him and glorifying God, is the essential for us to be saved. We must come unto repentance of our sin and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ through faith in him. Accepting the free gift of sanctification of the Christ on the cross, the sacrifice of Christ on the cross as an atonement for our sin, in this way you will stand justified before God the Father. Hebrews eleven six says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. If we reject the reason for our creation, which is to glorify God, and, and we reject Christ, by not believing in his name, then the Bible also explains and shows us the outcome 
of the pursuing our sanctification outside of God. Jeremiah 2, 12 through 13 says, Be appealed. O heaven at this, be shot, be utterly desolated, declares the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and heated out citrus for themselves, broken citrus that can't hold water. The Bible says that God is against anyone that does not seek their joy in God. Again, in Deuteronomy 28, 47, 48, saying, Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyful gladness of heart, because of the abundance of all things, Therefore, you shall serve your enemy whom the Lord will send against you. And this is exactly what some people are doing, worshiping their enemies. Our ultimate enemy is Satan. And those without faith are enslaved to do things that are of him and not of God. Those who are not of God are in fact serving the purpose of their enemy, the devil who wants to completely destroy you and keep you from the Father in heaven. So I would suggest to those in this situation, wake up and do not serve your enemy any longer, but serve the living God who is for you and not against you. As it says in 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty four, wake up from your drunken slumber as it is right and do not go on sinning. The Word of God said, shows us the path that we should take in order to find our joy in God. And when we pursue this joy in Christ, then it will lead us to glorify God. When you believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, then you will find your ultimate joy in Him. Psalms 37 4 says, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And again, in Psalms 100, 1 and 2 says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth, serving the Lord with gladness, coming to his presence with singing. So by believing, not only glorifies God and finds your fulfillment in Christ, but there is also great joy in doing so. But it does not stop at only believing. This is just the beginning. The life that pleases and glorifies God is one that keeps on growing in knowledge. It continually seeks to know God better. At this point, I would like to clarify a misunderstanding that many of us fall into growing in the knowledge of God is not the same as seeking to learn how to get more out of God for our own selfish needs. Do not fall into that mentality of only being considered concerned with how we can trap, tap into God's resources. Once 
to get only to get prayers answered the way we want to and how to get God to meet your need the way you want to and vanish all our problems away. Question this, is this true loving God or is this really loving yourself? Glorifying God in declaring him. The Bible tells us that all creation declares his glory. In fact, we read in Psalms 19, 1 and 4 saying, The heaven declares the glory of God in the sky above, proclaims his handiwork, day to day, pouring out and speaking, night to night, reveals knowledge. That is, there is no speech more than these words whose voice is not heard. This voice goes out through all the earth and these words to the end of the world. In all creations declaring the glory of God, then there is a greater responsibility to us to glorify God. This is because we are made in the image of God. We are his image bearers. If we are image bearers of God, then we need to declare his glory. How can we glorify God by declaring him? The way to declare him is not just to be an image bearer, but also displaying him in our every action, word, and deed. The word of God shows us the path that we should take in order to find our joy in God. When we pursue this joy in Christ, then it will lead us to glorify God. When you believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, then you will find your ultimate joy in him. Psalms 37, 4 says, Delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And again in Psalms 100, 1 through 2 saying, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness, come into his presence with singing. So by, by beginning, you're not only glorifying God by believing and find your fulfillment in Christ, but there's also great joy in doing so. Secondly, there's a requirement for pursuing, for pruning fruit trees ideally need to be trained in their first few years to grow in shape. You want them to maintain throughout their productive life in a simple fashion. In order to declare the glory of God, you need to maintain a certain shape, an outward proof, and an inward change. And this is to shape that declares the glory of God. In order to do this, they must be pruning. Getting rid of those things in your life that is not of God and that doesn't contribute to your life in Christ. It can sometimes be painful process where God may discipline you, mold you, and make you into a person that declares the glory of God. The end results are pursuing is a beautiful tree and abundant fruit and the end results God's pruning in your life is a life that shoots out and declares the glory of God through your person. 
Ephesians 4, 22-32 gives you instruction on exactly what must be pruned in your life. It says, Your old self, which belonged to your former matter of life and corrupt thoughts, deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on a new self, created after the likeness of God in the true righteousness of holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let every one of you speak the truth with his neighbors, for, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and give no opportunity to the devil. Let that thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honor work, honest work, but rather let him do labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupt talk come out of our mouth, but only such as good for building up as fit the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you will seal for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and loud noises and, and slander be put away from you along with all malice be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Once this pruning, pruning takes place, then you begin to see the fruit of the Spirit, as it says in Galatians five twenty-two through 24. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. The Bible is very plain and clear in explaining to us what the fruit of the follower of Christ are. Our example is Christ himself. If a believer behaves contrary what the word says, he is not really transformed in Christ. In fact, the scripture tells us that if we declare Jesus Christ as Lord and have a relationship with him, but still walk in darkness or of disobedience, then we need to test ourselves to see whether we are truly regenerated. 1 John 1, 6 says, If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Third, if we need, you need good soil for your fruit-bearing plant to maximize its output. In a simple fashion, you need to cultivate and nurture yourself, which is a move towards seeking and cultivating your heart to allow this spiritual seed in you to grow and develop. Jesus tells us that those who cultivate good soil in their heart 
will result in hearing the word, accepting it, and then finally producing 30, 60, or 100 fold. What was sown? This is the person whose heart is not hard, receiving the word of God into their lives and working the soil of their heart, plowing it, weeding it, fertilizing it, and so becoming productive, whose end is abundant fruit that declares the glory of God to those surrounding it and far beyond it reaches. Amen. So let us be united with Christ. And as it says in Second Peter 1, 4, become partakers of the divine nature through the work of the Holy Spirit in us, that we boldly declare the glory of God to all those around us and fulfill the purpose for which we are made. Glorifying God through your praise and worship. Psalms 50 verse 3 says the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. To the one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. Simply in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul summarizes the way we should order our life in order to glorify God. The highest call and purpose of a man is the joyful act of glorifying. Notice here that this is a joyful act. As I mentioned earlier, when we fulfill, fulfill the very purpose for which we were created, which is to glorify God, and when we do this in worship, it is a joyful act and not something we have to put on. What is special about glorifying God through worship is it combines the other two points I mentioned above, glorifying God by believing in him and glorifying God by declaring him. When you praise the Lord, you do it because you believe in him. And you have faith in the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, when you praise, you are declaring his glory, his honor, his praise, his power, his majesty outwardly. So it is both an inward and outward glorification of God. God is seeking those who will bring him glory, not just through the Sunday worship time, not just for an hour every day, but what he is, he is seeking is worship every day, every moment through all of our activities. We cannot worship God properly on Sunday or just in our prayer time. If we are not worshiping God throughout the week, in fact, 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, so whether you eat or drink or wherever you do, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. So the only way we achieve glory to God through worship is only when it's done to him in spirit and in truth. John 4, 23, 24. But the hour is come as it is now here 
when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. Worshiping the Father in spirit is worship from the heart, from deep within you. It is not an external worship, because external worship can also be performance by those who are not right with God. Matthew 15, 8 gives us an example of this saying, This people honor me with their lips, but with their heart is far from me, is vain. Do not worship me teaching a doctrine, the commandments of man. No, now worshiping the Father in truth is to worship God from all that he is. He is the majesty of his abundance revealed in all the scriptures, all his attributes revealed in all the scripture. We glorify God and worship him for his love. And not only for his love, but also for his righteousness and justice. We glorify and worship him for his kindness, his sovereignty, for his grace. We worship him when he gives and when he takes away. Job 1, 20 and 21 says, And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed by the name of the Lord. We worship God for all of his ways. The Bible is the source of our worship and truth. And as we do this, notice that worship in spirit flows out of the worship in truth through the revealed word of God. As you fill your heart and mind with the pure word of God, the truth of God will move in spirit to praise and love and glorify God through worship in him. So today, glorify God through your praise and worship. In conclusion, I hope you have now understood the very essence of why we are created and are image bearers of our living God. The very reason that we were created is to glorify God. And we have looked at three essential ways in which this can be done. By believing in him, by declaring in him, and by worshiping him. It is only when you do, you will be complete. Because this is when you fulfill the purpose of the very, your very being. Without this, there is a part of you missing. Without Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit in life, you will be always left wanting. So today, if you are struggling to find meaning for your life, that there is something missing which you just can't pinpoint. There's something in your search for an answer and you find yourself lacking without an answer to the sin problem in your life and have no hope. This is the time to come in repentance before the Lord Jesus Christ and give your life to him. In fact, he first gave his life for you and made atonement for all of your sins on the cross so that you could be washed and made clean as white as snow before God. Hebrews eight twelve says, For I will be 
merciful towards their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. You have made, you are made righteous in him. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the greatest privilege in our life. So take some time to come before the Lord. Cry out to him that you may make him Lord of your life. Repent of your sins and believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ now. You will be able to complete, be complete when you live for him, through him, and by him. As it says in Romans eleven thirty six. For from him and through him and to him all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Finally, let us fulfill our very purpose in walking in joy of the Lord. Let's finish by reading Second Thessalonians 1.12. So that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. I pray that this has helped anyone listening. Give all the praise and honor to our Lord Jesus Christ, for it's in him and through him that we have our being. I sign off for now. Hello, Linda Jenkins here. I'm here to talk about revival. We must create an atmosphere for revival in order for it to take place. And revival always starts within us first. We pray. We pray in our prayer closet. We spend time with the Father. And then we can come together and share together in one accord. In Acts 2, 1 through 4, the scripture has chosen is a very famous scripture among the apostle movement. It all, it's also about the day of Pentecost. I'm not going to preach about speaking in tongues or where the others were that had been Jesus after his crucifixion. I want to take this scripture and focus on what we have to do to see the same result that these 120 saw. I want to speak on this thought. Create an atmosphere of revival. Scriptures, Acts 2, 1 through 4, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled the house where they were sitting, and they appeared unto them cloven tongues like the fire and it set upon each one of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. One accord means that they were in complete agreement. They believed that they would receive the power promised to them by the Lord and that he would pour out his spirit upon them, and they would receive the power to become witnesses. I believe the Holy Ghost is to bring us into a perfect 
unison to let us see the focus and focus on God's will and not our will. On the day that the Lord poured out his spirit on the 120, there, there was a difference in them. They didn't go home completely complaining of how long they had stayed there. They were focused on how hot it was in there. They weren't focused on all these negative things. See, they were focused on the feeling that had taken place that they knew they had been with God. They left the upper room and they preached the gospel to different nationalities of people in their own languages and they believed the gospel. They left with ex an experience to change the hearts of others. They took that experience and preached and healed and cast out devils. Romans fourteen nineteen let let us therefore follow after the things which made for peace and things within one way edify another. We have to look at the results of this day of Pentecost and what happened as the results of the complete obedience to Christ. Listen to what happened in Acts 2, 41, 44. 41, then they that gladly received his word, were baptized. In the same day, they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Acts 2.42, And they continued steadfast to the apostles' doctrines and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayer. These are some things that must begin, we do, to begin revival. And Acts 2, verse 43, listen to this. And fear came upon each soul. And Good afternoon, this is Linda Jenkins, and I'm coming to you today on this beautiful day. It is Monday. Don't you love Mondays? I do. It's a new week. I want to talk to you about freedom. What does freedom mean to you? Freedom means a lot of different things to a lot of people. I'm going to read a bunch of scriptures today about freedom. Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and freedom to prisoners. Isaiah 42, 6 and 7. I am the Lord. I have called you into righteousness. I will also hold you by the hand and watch over you. I will appoint you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nation, to open blind eyes, to bring our prisoners from the dungeons, and those who dwell in darkness from the prisons. Colossians 1, 13, 14, For he rescues us from the dominion of darkness and transfers us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. 1 Corinthians 10, 1-4, Luke 4, 
18:19 The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recover of sight to the blind to set free those who are oppressed to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord Romans 11:26 and verse concept and so all the Israel will be saved just as it is written. The discoverer will come. The discoverer will, the deliverer will come from Zion. Sorry, I was trying to kill a gnat. A gnat in the room is reminds me of Satan and all his devices. Like a gnat that comes in to bother you. He will remove ungodliness from Jacob. Isaiah fifty nine twenty a redeemer will come to Zion, and to those who turn from transgressions in Jacob. Declares the Lord, John eight thirty two thirty six, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and how have never been enslaved to anyone? How is it that you say you will? become free Jesus answered them truly truly I say to you everyone who commits sin is in is the slave of sin and read more Matthew 1 21 she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from sin first Thessalonians 1 10 and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he rose from the dead, that is Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath to come. John three thirty six. He who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not believe the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Romans eight one and two. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Hebrews 9.15 For the reason he is a mediator of the new covenant, so that since a death has taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant, those who have been called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Revelation 1, 5, And from Jesus Christ, the faith, faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the king of the earth, to him who loves us and releases us from our sins by his blood. Oh, my, my. Freedom is a great thing. Some of you may be in prison. Some of you may have all kinds of addictions and many things may be holding you captive. But Jesus is the one to set you free. Freedom comes with a price. It costs Jesus his life to hang on the cross, to shed his blood, to give us freedom. Freedom is the greatest gift we could ever have. Freedom... <clears throat> doesn't mean that we have to be uh, be on, in a cage and then we are released to give us freedom. We can have freedom in a cage. We can have freedom 
in bondage if we only just release ourselves and and surrender ourselves totally to the Lord Jesus Christ because he is the one that has holds the keys to heaven and hell and he has died to give us the authority to have the keys to the kingdom and he has given us authority to be the head not the tail above and not beneath and bless coming in and bless going out and he has given us all authority over the evil ones <clears throat> and we must remember that he paid the price that we may continue to torment the enemy and all his little cords but He's already defeated death, hell, and the grave, and we have to remember they're defeated, but we have to know who we are in Christ in order to walk in the authority that Jesus Christ has given us that give us the freedom to be over the enemy and all the wires of the evil. No matter what comes about us, no matter what storm comes on us, we must realize that there's no storm that can stop us Satan cannot make us do anything. Satan cannot control us. Satan cannot make us say and do things that we should not do because Christ has sent the Holy Spirit to dwell within each believer that has asked Jesus Christ to come and be their Savior. He has set us free from all the wickedness that is around us. We can be in the midst of a storm and still walk in perfect peace because peace and peace and joy only comes from the Lord because that peace and joy is what gives us the ability to smile even when the storm around us are raging because we know who holds our hand. We know that this storm is also going to be defeated that this storm also is going to cease. No matter what the surroundings looks like in this world that we live in today, all the negativity and all the reports of the world and all the things that the evil ones are trying to bring about, we must not fear. We must not let fear come into us because we must remember that we are free. We are free. <clears throat> And where freedom is, there's liberty. We are free, free, free. The grace of God has given us the ability. The love of God has given us what we need to be strong. And all we have to do is stay focused on Jesus Christ and his word. The word of God will give us that inner peace. The Holy Spirit is, is meant to be our guide and our protector he is everything that we need, and we have that access. So we must not try to lean on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him, and he will direct our path. We must ask the Father, the Holy Spirit, call upon him. Give him legal authority to operate in your body where he can lead you and guide you into what needs to be done. I have... I will speak to you again at another date, but I just wanted to share just a little bit of thing, a few things that was on my heart. Love and blessing to each one of you. I'll sign off for now, but this is what freedom is all about. Bye-bye.